Hello, I'm Mernas Campbell, founder and CEO of Kimia and Kimia Reset. Thank you so much for joining us today. For me, my focus is on the pharmaceutical field teams and I strive to help, help them feel confident about using digital technology to improve their engagement with healthcare professionals. Uh, is the human element of digital transformation Enabling people to use technology is what I'm really curious about. And to explore this topic, I've been inviting inspiring pharma leaders to learn from them and give them a platform so they can share their perspective and expertise. So I'm really delighted to welcome Venita Venkata Subramaniam today, Global Customer Engagement Strategy uh, at Novo Nordisk. Hi, Venita. How are you doing? Hey, Marnas, I'm doing great. Uh, and how about you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, it's Halloween, it's trick or treat. And mm -hmm. I think I've got a treat for our listeners today. Um, good. I know, hope it is not uh, spooky or scary for the audience, our conversation. <laughs> well, we can be spooky and scary. Why not? Let's just open the can of worm if we can at some point in this conversation. Good point. <laughs> So let me tell you a little bit about Venita and how we met. Venita is driven and passionate, full stop. She's driven and passionate in everything she does, but specifically in her work, she's passionate about digital strategy and communication and transformation, customer engagement, commercial innovation and excellence. Uh, she has 15 years of industry experience and currently is responsible for steering the chronic disease franchise towards the rapid launch and commercial uptake using cutting edge go-to-market com commercial strategies. Uh, she's very tenacious, an advocate of collective creativity and human collaboration. And Benita sees these as essential pillars to drive transformative uh, change and bring in results and have impact. In her personal life, Venita is often found globetrotting around various uh, cities, embracing diverse cultures. And based on the photos I have seen, she is a brilliant cook as well. So how we met. Uh, I first met Venita. It was in Nice at Reuters conference. Uh, it was last year. And we said hello and chatted briefly. And I saw her perform at stage and communicate eloquently. But we didn't really get to know each other until this year when we met in May in Dubrovnik. Uh, and I think what happened, both of us, we were staying in the same hotel. We both decided we were gonna arrive a few days early to explore the beautiful, beautiful city of Dubrovnik. And we found that we had a lot in common and we loved experiencing the history, culture, and food uh, with Venita. Uh, I clearly remember the first time I tasted burrata was with Venita. She said, Marinas, this you need to you need to try this. And I'm so <laughs> glad I did. And if anybody ever wants to know where's the best gelato shops in any European city, just ask Venita. She knows exactly where they're located. So I was so delighted to meet you there. So uh, let's start, Venita. I'm going to ask you a few questions, but before I ask the questions, I just wanted to remind everyone that here you are sharing your personal views and you're not representative, representing views of your employer, right? 
Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Marinas. And before you start, I just wanted to thank you uh, for inviting me here. It's 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 going to be a true conversation. It's a great pleasure to uh, be in the session with you. And I was really looking forward to it. Uh, a great Halloween evening plan <laughs> with Marinas. Uh, I think it's perfect. And um, when we chat, I'm going to give you a little bit of a treat based on just what you just did today. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just so excited because I kind of like feel you and I talk quite freely and have a conversation. I just wanted to bring that conversation online so we can get input from others and shape this. And I just want to start asking you to tell me about why CX is so important and what's your views about what are the things that enable an excellent CX? So um, let's start by uh, telling what CX is. CX for the for the world to know is customer experience. And before we talk about customer experience, let's take a step back and talk about the word customer. Um, and I was reflecting on this, uh, and you would probably agree that uh, at some point we have all been customers, right? And um, what when we have and why have we been customers we have gone and sought for many products so first of all there is a need for us to purchase something so we look for something that will meet our needs and that's why we go and become a customer for a specific product that is being sold and um, of course the, the fundamentals of marketing which is the four piece of marketing there is a product then there is a price for the product then there is a place marketplace where it's sold and there is promotion now, when we go and seek for products as customers, and um, there are many products out there, what, what makes a specific product tick to us? It could be different things, right? One is, of course, the price. It could be affordability that makes us want to get that product, and it's also suitable for us. Um, and then um, it's accessible, and that's why the place where you can get that product matters. Uh, but then the promotion part, right? And of the many, many products that is out there, why do we choose a specific products? Why does some products connect with us and many products fail? Then I, I go back to the fundamentals of marketing always where I say, you know, you have a brilliant product. 50% of marketing is taken care of when you have a great product. But the remaining 50% of marketing is the other three piece, right? Which, which also takes the stake in the whole game of marketing. Um, so coming back to us being a customer and what takes us to a specific product versus other, I think customer experience could be a big, a huge differentiator in the way uh, products can connect with our customers. Um, and for example, if you are able to deliver an experience to a customer that sets you apart as an organization from the rest of the products, um, then I think you have won in your marketing game. Um, so with that basics, I think uh, for me, some of the key enablers of driving customer experience is if, if we have to put ourselves in the shoes of a customer, it's the convergence of three core pillars and I call it the mindset, tool set and skill set. Uh, and the reason being the mindset is uh, super key because if if you want your customers to look out for your product and think about um, your product as something that meets their barriers and unmet needs, then um, you need to think like they would like you. You need to think putting yourself in their shoes. What is it that connects with them? So having this mindset 
across the board and onboarding everybody on this mindset is a starting point. Um, then, of course, when you have to market something to your customers or promote something to your customers, you really need to also uh, know more and more about your customers. You need to understand what their preferences are, what their behaviors are, where, what do they like, what do they not like, what connects with them, what they don't like to even talk about. Um, and then again, and, and this whole thing was working really well as long as we were mono-channel, right? When we were only using our sales reps as our, uh, you know, to build relationship with our customers and to get to know our customers more deeply, it, it all works fine because uh, human the human element that you are so passionate about, it, it, it has always been a plus point and a differentiator for a pharma company because we invest heavily on our sales rep to go and build relationship. It's not, they're not just going and selling products, they're going and building relationship with our customers. And um, and and then why tool set is then important is traditionally when just sales reps were going and visiting the customers, they did have some sort of aids, communication aids to go and present to the customers. But then the but with the advent of um, uh, digital transformation, which we saw with what happened in COVID, suddenly sales reps just couldn't go and reach their customers. Then they that means they couldn't continue to build the relationship. That is what it translates into. And that is where um, uh, we, we also saw the importance of engaging with our customers using other means like the digital technology and the digital tools. And then, but for digital tools to work, you need to have a set of tool set. Like suddenly the digital teams became super busy in COVID time saying, um, hey, can I do remote detailing? Can I uh, can my reps actually send rep triggered emails because they're not able to meet uh, customers face to face? Uh, then suddenly there is a big need for a tool set, right? Um, and then the mindset is there that I want to go and build relationship with my customers if it's per in person, great. But if I can't, I need my tools to go and connect with them and build relationship with them. So tool set is key. Then the third important lever is you can have the best tools and technologies in the world. You can have the best sales reps in the world. You can have Mike Jordan in the team, but... If you don't have a, a football to play, and if you if you don't know how to play, or if you don't know how to use that tool, it's as good as not having the tools or the mindset, right? So for me, I think the convergence of these three elements, mindset, tool set, and skill set come together in order to uh, put ourselves in the shoes of a customer and deliver that experience that is meaningful and creates a high business impact as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you touch on really important points. I mean, I personally had an experience of using a service recently and I just didn't enjoy it. The product was good, but I just didn't enjoy the experience. The communication was poor. I felt I was pulling. And I think the people who were providing the service were more concerned about how they look like and how much money they make rather than creating a customer experience. It left me with a little bit of a bad taste because I'm thinking like in future, would I use their service? And I think on one aspect, yeah, the product was good, but the delivery sucked. And it just left me quite unsatisfied. And I kind of think in contrast, sometimes I've had experiences that from the moment when I'm like purchasing something, I purchased the car three years ago, from the moment I went to the showroom until now, three years later, every communication I have from this company, whether I'm talking to the service desk, to the salespeople, 
to you know even the person who opens the door as you go in you feel you get greeted and they uh, care about what extra step they can go to make your experience even more present so i think the mindset of everybody in the organization that you touched on is putting ourselves in the shoes of the customer feeling their pain and then aligning ourselves as a collective group to address that pain i think that is so key and you're right you can have the best tools you can have the best processes but if the people are not enabled to use them you might as well not have them because it just sits there idle doesn't it yeah everybody needs uh, help and like you know and especially we are in 2023 uh, and yeah. it's the best phase we are in right where there's so much going on and uh, it has to be channelized too and we'll get to that yeah yeah and i think now there's much more power of social recommendation like if somebody doesn't like an experience and tell their network people listen to other people's reviews and other people's feedback then they listen to the words on the advertising so they reach to people they trust to get recommendation and what other hcps or customers say about a company matters a lot more now especially if they're an opinion leader or a thought leader so um with that said i'm just going to ask you to talk about power of the moment you know we you touched on this when we had a conversation about burrato and the burrato pizza we shared i mean for me that was my first it was a really <laughs> pleasant experience the setting was beautiful in dubrovnik i have not yet tasted the burrato that was good as that one so tell me about what's the power of the moment and what that what why does that matter in relationship to customer experience it's uh, interesting right we started with trick or treat and it can trick this this experience can trick us because you and i thought we connected over burrata but uh, let's let's flip that is it really burrata that mattered to us that created that moment or was it something else because i'll tell you why because it was also my first to have a burrata pizza and um, yeah exactly. <laughs> <I have no idea. laughs> and then i think we both were really excited to try something new first of all uh, we were very open minded and uh, more so we were uh, quite hungry <laughs> and then we were in a setting which was super nice the ambience was super brilliant i think first of all dubrovnik is such a beautiful uh, place and i think uh, people uh, like dario who are listening to it is going to be super happy um, and i think it's it's such a fabulous place and the restaurant that we went was just overlooking the dubrovnik walls and there was a sea uh, we could hear the waves and there was nice candle lit all over we were sitting outside we were hungry we we just wanted to try uh, something new and we wanted to connect and i think uh, we had a fabulous conversation getting to know each other then mm-hmm. interestingly so i was thinking all along that it was the burrata that made the difference and i actually tried having some uh, uh, making s- some burrata sandwiches or something on burrata on my own and i somehow just didn't didn't feel the same experience uh, the reason i'm saying this is probably we think it's the burrata but it's actually the moment that mattered to us was beyond burrata i think the moment that mattered was for us was the um, uh how we were emotionally connecting how we were how our senses were getting um stimulated in that conversation is what mattered i think and uh, um and and this is important because sometimes we think this when we send communication about our products to a customer we think 
this is what customers want to hear we believe this is the moment that we will create but the reality could be something else actually the moment that we want to create with our customers is not what we think is right for them so that is why that is what brings me uh, to a two way communication where we just don't keep sending communication but we also try and learn constantly what our customer needs and voices are so capturing voice of our customer constantly and regularly will help us create that moments that truly matter to them um because otherwise we'll for all our marketing life we're going to just believe that what we have created for them is the moment that mattered to them when it actually yeah. didn't you yeah. know um, so uh, burada was a great example to teach us this lesson isn't it yeah definitely <laughs> and you know i think i had a special moment this morning with the hcp i can tell a little brief story about it i tried to contact him about a month ago he was on vacation and his team says he would really want to talk to you about what you've got to share can you call back on this day he's back from holiday i called him the day he came back from holiday i said i know you're back from your holiday this is a headline of what i want to talk to you about he said i want to listen to this call me back in two weeks time we can have a conversation i called him yesterday which was two weeks after he came back and i said do you remember it's marinas he asked me to call you back he said yeah i'm in the middle of mdt can you call me back tomorrow at this time so i called him back and as he heard my voice i said i'm here i'm calling back he said yeah wait for me he walked away from his computer i could hear like he went to a quiet room he said now i'm in a quiet room i really want to listen and we had a telephone conversation at the point in the conversation i actually wished i could share screen because it's easier for me to show what i was going to share with him and i'll tell you we discussed three products and he's going to drive all three and he said to me my priority is i'm going to drive this product first for this reason then i'll pick up on that and all the time i wasn't talking i was really listening and taking notes he was asking me questions i was answering the questions he was leading the conversation and actually at the end of it i felt we had a moment because i was all focused around his need and his priorities flexing around what he wants when he wants it and how that's going to help him is not about how many brands or how much sales i'm going to make is about aligning to his environment the speed that they want to move and i think understanding customers and really listening to them is so key not just with our ears but really listening to the sounds in the background what they're telling us they said like i can't promise you anything but you might not hear this or might not sound it but i'm really excited about this but he said things don't move fast in this you know area that i'm working and i know that because i've had experiences but i think really connecting with them on their agenda is so um special because it makes us feel that we're part of the solution but we're moving at their pace not our pace is not our agenda is their agenda so um i think realizing those moments and connecting with people is so important but it means that you genuinely genuinely have to be in their shoes not yours not driving your agenda yeah and i think the best way to achieve that is to constantly like you said like have conversations listen and try to try to understand using the two power of data maybe uh, to to really understand them a bit more deeply just like any other relationships in the world uh, this is no different this is also a human to human relationship building exercise uh, and it takes time uh sometimes yeah. uh days months years it and then it really comes to the business question as a company how long are you um, able to invest 
and wait till you build that relationship? Or do you want to be smart and build that quicker by listening to them more often? Or are you okay to listen to them once in a blue moon and then get the best out of that once in a blue moon? (laughs) And also the channel, is their choice? I mean, maybe I prefer to use Teams, but he prefers the telephone. He likes to walk away from it. He, he works in an open plan office. It's too noisy. He wants to have a more of a private conversation. He prefers to walk away. And I think recently I was communicating with another company. I'm using their service and they have a Teams channel. They want communication to be through Teams, which is super organized and fine. I like it. But then they hit me with advertising on Facebook and on the adverts say DM me, like private message me. So I direct messaged the person and she said, oh, can we have this conversation in Teams? And I'm thinking, for goodness sake, in your advertising, you're asking me to DM you. And now you're trying to control the channel. I want to communicate with you. And I thought to myself, that's an example of a really bad customer experience. You should be open to receive my communication, no matter what channel I try to communicate with you and flex, rather than trying to like, be a policeman and drive, directing my communication through this channel. I thought that was really poor customer service. That doesn't really create that customer experience. That yeah. And talking about music. moments that matter, Marinas, you actually created a moment that mattered to me without you knowing you created. Actually, when Whoa. we were in the back, yeah. Actually, when we were in the backstage, you told me something very sweet. Like you know, you actually practiced pronouncing my name, and I have to give it to you for that for doing it so well. Uh, and uh, actually, somebody taking time. Uh, to pronounce somebody's name, which is a bit complicated, is is uh, it's truly something that I'll remember always, isn't it? So wow. it's there you go. You created a moment that mattered to me without you. Uh, you knowing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot because your family name, I had to break it down and ask Google pronouncer <laughs> to tell me how to pronounce that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Google so, isn't trained to pronounce Indian names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I um, thank you. Thank you for that recognition. It means a lot for me because I think it's important to pay attention to what is personal to you. So that brings us to a really nice segue to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is the uh, personalization. When it comes to content creation, I want to ask you, who is responsible for personalization of content? You know, you sit in the global team. Is it the job yeah. of the global team? Or is it the job of the affiliates? And, you know, I encourage our mm-hmm. listeners to just jump in because I really want to hear what you're thinking. So, oh, we've got Paul here. So um, <laughs> he's made a comment about our pizza. And um, he says that's a, that's a topic that he understands. Paul, come into conversation and maybe ask Vanita a question. But I'm really <laughs> curious to know, Vanita, whose responsibility is it for personalization? Because it seems a bit It's like a very loaded question, right? Just now we spoke about how everybody, every person in the organization who's responsible for communicating with customers need to have that mindset um, uh, of uh, putting themselves in the shoes of customers. So I think from a, uh, from a, a mindset standpoint, I think it's everybody's responsibility to think about one size doesn't fit all that mindset should be generally there uh, but if you have to get to the practicalities of who really can execute it uh, i i think uh, somebody who's closer to the customers it could be a, a, a local team who is much closer to the customers who understand the nuances of the local customer groups uh, are the ones who really can execute it right but what is sitting in global what is the role is we help in driving that mindset 
we provide them the tool set and the skill set because sometimes uh, um, at least in a pharma organization when there is a lot of global regional and local responsibilities and roles that exist um, and I, I think what global can really do is really help and activate and influence our internal customers who are closer to our real customers and then our customers who are closer to the real patients and the people whose life we are impacting isn't it mm-hmm. um, so in 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 a, in a short format personalization should be everybody's business but it should also be the business of those who are closer to the business yeah i i'm i'm a huge advocate for the field teams i think we need to give more power to the field team treat them like adults and trust their judgment because they have more information and more interactions with the customers and they are humans so they can personalize that communication and i think traditionally pharmaceutical companies have been quite restrictive about what they allow the field team to do or say you know say these are the messages you have to say this frequently and you need to deliver it to these people but the reality is if you give them more freedom and empower them they can actually divert the messages to people who probably get more benefit from it rather than we don't need to promote everything to everyone we can just personalize it to the ones who benefit from it most and honestly i think if we do that we can deliver more value to hcps we can deliver more value to patients but also the companies go to make more profit because profit comes as a direct result of delivering value just stocking it piling it high and pushing it to everyone is a lot of wasted resource and energy um and it actually turns customers off as well absolutely and i think um, uh, again personalization is such a loaded word right everybody we can't just like that personalize like we spoke about relationship building takes time and effort and a two way communication and learning and understanding each other in that relationship um so i think um, uh, the more uh, you get to understand the way your customer uh, behaves prefer what they prefer what they don't prefer um and and putting putting so it was an interesting thing i was doing a course in um, uc berkeley uh, on marketing analytics and personalization was a huge topic and what the there was there was a big chapter or uh, on personalization and segmentation and targeting and everything um and one thing that said is um, we are always used to segment our customers on um, what makes them alike so we cr- we have a tendency to create archetypes okay i'm going to put all of them in this bucket i'm going to put all of them in this bucket but actually true personal true true segmentation is what makes people different mm-hmm. and that um got me thinking because in marketing we always think let's target based on what makes people alike right mm-hmm. um and 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 i think for personalization one is again coming back to the mindset tools that skill set it's also it's it, it also requires the use of technology we can take the use of technology because there's a lot of data if you need to do hyper personalization like almost go from one to many to one to one it's really impossible for the human brains to process and really understand uh, what uh, mirnas will like or what paul likes here or what i like now he says paul has just revealed himself that he he understands the subject of pizza i didn't know this about paul before <laughs> that he likes the subject and we don't know what type of pizza that's quite general we don't know whether exactly. he likes actually crust or now that paul likes pizza but we don't know still which pizza he really prefers right so it's as 
again, can we personalize? Probably a little bit. We can do a personalization. But just imagine the amount of pizzas we need to feed Paul to make, find out what he really likes. <laughs> <laughs> and he can eat. He can eat for breath. And I'm yeah. sure he doesn't mind me sharing that. I remember the first time I met Paul in New York, he had met with someone and had lunch. And then he met with me and he had lunch again. <laughs> I was most impressed. But he's really tall. So the food probably just reached his knees. And he probably yeah, had a lot of lunch. Like a Paul chat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, come in, join us. Tell us what you think. Oh, hi, Rena. It's good to have you here. So let's see what Rena's sharing with us. Um, Rena says, um, I struggle with everyone responsible for personalization. Like, we all own the customer relationship. How does that work in practical terms? Because with company processes, then an accountable person like medical approver in MLR. So what, what, what's your thoughts on that, Vanita? And thank you, Rina, for joining us and asking that superb question. It's a very, very important and a, a very nice question, actually. Uh, it's it's tough also, right? We are in, we, we, till today, we are, even in today's session, we're calling this a digital transformation and many may not agree that it's transformation, right? Many think we have already transformed. Many think we have already reached omni-channel stage. Uh, many think it's their responsibility and they're all responsible for it. So I will come back to the whole mindset tools and skill set as my principle because um, again, f first of all, everybody should be on the same page that we agree to do personalization. So we need to get them on board, right? And then um, practical terms is get people on board internally that we need to do this and why we need to do this. And um, I think that if we achieve that, we are we have crossed half the barrier, I would say. If people believe in your vision that we want to personalize, then they are more open-minded to support you when you come with complex tools and technology that will support them to personalize. But because if they don't believe in personalization, if they truly believe that customers are segmented based on what makes them similar versus what makes them different, then we're not going to achieve that in practical terms. So first, get your teams on board. Second, have your tools in place and then teach your team how to use those tools to personalize. Yeah. So um, Paul's asking an additional question. He would love you to share what would be the future mindset or skill set of the representative and the marketing department would look like in the future? So would you be able to elaborate on that a little bit more, please? Uh, let me start with marketing because I sit in a marketing team and the rep world, let me try that. Um, I'm not being a sales rep, but um, I, I, I love uh, selling stuff. <laughs> I can say that. Uh, so marketing, right? Um, I think marketeers, at least sitting in global they are super data driven. They're smart. They're one of the smartest minds in the organization who love to crunch data and actually crunch that data, make them into insights and create a strategy out of it. So I think they know how to use data, no doubt about it. And the way they use data is uh, they collect data through market research. They, they prepare this really cool, detailed, comprehensive questionnaires or discussion guides and really try to understand and ask the right questions to get the right answer so that they can strategize. So I think um, marketers are great at that. Um, and then what happens after that, the future skill set that I think they should think is, one is they're very good in connecting the dots backwards from market research to strategy, but then are they able to connect the dots 
um, sorry, they're very good in connecting the dots forward to create strategy, but are they good in connecting the dots backwards? Like once you execute, your markets execute in the in the in the field, or actually they do talk to a customer and they do understand a customer. Do they then use those insights to feed it into the strategic thinking, or do they continue to use that sample size of market research to continue creating a new strategy? I would really like to see marketeers actually tap into their data brains and the and and the and their skill set on using data to actually connect the dot backwards. Mm-hmm. I think that is that for me will be like a great win if marketeers can get there. Yeah. Um, if I had the magic wand, yeah. I would have three wishes for marketing. Um, I think first of all, you know, the brilliant analytics. And it's like the weather forecast, you know, if the weather forecasters sit there and look at the satellites, they make some prediction. But I like the marketeers to stick their head out of the window every now and then and just feel the environment, see the customers. I mean, once a lifetime, a marketeer touch flesh with an HCPs and really, you know, talk to them directly. I think that's my first you know, wish. My second wish is I want marketeers to ask the why question. And so what, you know? They get busy doing, but why are we doing it? And what does it matter when it's done? Because I think everybody I talk to in marketing is so busy, like creating things that maybe is not necessarily going to add value, but they're just so busy. And it's like almost like we've got to get it done. We've got to get it done. So I think maybe be a little bit less task focused and ask the why question and be a kid saying like, so what if you had it? And my third wish is, Think about customer experience for the field team. You know, I find so many times marketeers push out content out to the field team or processes, but they don't test it. And when you actually go through the steps, none of it is working. So think about, you know, in the same way we treat external customers and trying to focus about their customer experience, we need to think about medical commercial and all the other functions that we align with marketing what customer experience are we creating for them and just have the same mindset of customer experience internally as we have externally sorry i kind of like felt i had to share my three wishes for marketing i I think that that is so true and one is connecting the dot uh, dots uh, forward and backwards but i think you you raised a very valid point and a very important point which is also close uh, to my thinking is talk more and more to the people at ground right and then i was just in we, we had a strategy summit last week an internal strategy summit where we were talking about the future therapy areas we are uh, we, we are heading towards what is our ambition what's our vision for success and things like that it was extremely inspiring because we got colleagues uh, cross-functional teams participate in this all over the globe uh, regional teams local teams msls um and um, uh, some of the medical teams who have been doctors themselves so i was having dinners with my msls and cardiologists and whatnot it was quite interesting because we were talking about their struggles on ground when i say their struggles what are the insights how when they reach to the customer what do they face what what do, what do they really want and then um that's one perspective right what what we need to communicate and we need to understand our customers but then there was also a reflection that we talk about all these terminologies different disease indications and everything but for a patient 
it is so simple they don't understand the technical jargons that we used to talk about the nuances in disease like let's say you have like some brain condition just like they say i have a brain condition they're not going to say what exact thing they have right uh, like they're not going to say oh i i have this brain tumor or they're going to use simple words like they're just going to say i have a heart condition they're not going to say oh i had a um, um a, you know a myocardial infraction <laughs> and things like that they're not going to learn and do that unless and until they are very savvy with these technical terms so there's a little bit of the way we narrate as marketers to our customers so that they are well equipped to talk to patients who just understand simple terms also matters and i think as a future skills i don't know if it's a future skill set i think it should be a current skill set that when we communicate we communicate in simple less complex way and in a way that is emotionally connecting mm-hmm. that's it that's the art of storytelling we've got um yeah. i've got um a linkedin live pm talk coming with um from PM Society in November. Um, so if you're interested in storytelling, join us for that session now. Absolutely. I, I would love it because I think that's that's the art we all need to learn. Uh, no, it's it's like a life skill, I think. I think uh, it, it's, it's a must learn and not a good to learn. And from a, a sales rep perspective, I think the future skill I would like to have is, of course, sales reps are used to build relationship uh, in the in in the most uh, traditional ways where they have a human to human conversation. But I was speaking with an MSL in the in the summit last week, and I was just talking about uh, how she builds relationship with uh, her cardiologist, and she was just telling me some interesting things, how she uses data, how she uses different study results to go and talk. Then I asked her, what is her view on using uh, digital tools and data? And she was very excited. And she she's, she's a young millennial who's an MSL who wants to use, but does she know how to use? Uh, is she taking advantage of that? And I know you're going to talk about Omni Advantage at some point, but I, I really connect to that because I think sales reps should be motivated, inspired, and influenced to use uh, those digital tools so that they can have a more empowered conversation with the sales, uh, with the customers, and they can also capture and record the amount of insights that they get on ground in a meaningful way and feed it back to the marketing and the back office teams so we can embed it in our activation strategy and we can embed it in our brand and uh, customer engagement strategy back in global as well. So we just need to capture all these moments and record it somewhere. Yeah, and we I agree with you. I think there needs to be a lot more alignment between commercial teams, marketing and medical. We're one team. We're not like silos. We need to break the silos and work together. And if we have a common goal, the data needs to be shared. The insights needs to be shared. And, you know, um, going back to your question, Rina, about who's responsible for personalization, we all are. So the best person needs to step up and do it and everybody else be rallying behind them. And you're right. Um, a lot of the field teams are not used to digital tools, digital processes, and maybe they've not had enough training to be able to get their arms around it. And I think for us to move forward, we need to step back, make sure everybody's on board, everybody's you know confident using these tools because empowering people and upskilling people means we can move faster forward. So rushing forward, leaving people behind, is not going to be proper digital transformation. It's going to be a digital drag, isn't it? 
and, and let's be engage people's hearts it's and minds. It's a mind. digital drag or a communication fatigue, right? Because uh, we are living in a distracted world uh, where the attention span is less than what a three-year-old will have today, yeah. <laughs> right? And I think we need to be extremely targeted in what we want to say. Like, you know, uh, two things if I learned uh, um, as, as a personal development uh, goal is how can we help onboard the teams uh, and bring them along with you? And I'm still learning that. And the second thing is, how can you keep your communication simple? And what is the one or two things that you really want people to uh, be onboarded on? Don't give them like a like a big big list of items that you want to achieve with them. They're going to be lost again. Give them bite-sized one, two key messages that they need to adapt, they need to communicate. Then once they do that well, go to the next one, right? Just just have a faced approach, I would say. So those are the two things that uh, is super key uh, when it comes to communication or uh, telling the story. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Bite size and um, small nuggets um, is more um, more sustainable and people can get actually go and do it. If you give them a big shopping list, nothing gets done. I'm just conscious of time. I wanted to open a can of warm and maybe we can open a can of warm a little bit and just close it. I was going to ask you about agencies, you know, that's opening the can of worm because, um, you know, we talk about how we're going to ch challenge the status quo. And when it comes to developing this strategy and being more creative, um, who's, who's the, what, what do you see in that relationship? Who's the brain behind the strategy and kind of like the artist behind the creativity? Is it going to be the global team, brand team, or is it going to be the agencies? What's your thought on that? I know you feel quite passionate about it is, this. It is indeed a can of worm. Of course, the global team is uh, the owner of strategy and they need to be accountable for that because they are also the owner of uh, insights. They do a lot of hard work uh, in doing market research and truly understanding the voice of our customers early on. And of course, agencies are enablers for us. They are like uh, the article that you sent was so fab. Uh, you said agencies are like the sandwich fillers. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. I was actually having sandwich for uh, lunch today. And I was just imagining your, I was picturing this and the sandwich that I ate. And I was thinking, okay, imagine if my sandwich just had the bread, the best bread in the world. And then it had the best um, um, a main item it could be vegetables or it could be anything it could it could be whatever meat or whatever it has but can I have that sandwich just with the bread and those vegetables hmm what makes the sandwich truly yum it's the fillings right it's uh -huh. it, it, it it's 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 the it's you don't want your sandwich to be dry you really unless until you really like dry items to eat that's another story <laughs> that's another persona of people i think typically in general we all like a sandwich which uh, you know we can bite into and which has the best filling in the world right um and i think agencies are something like that and i so connect with it agencies while we are talking about change management and we're talking about mindset tool set and skill set i couldn't stop thinking our agencies are on board with what we are trying to be on board with. Sometimes I don't know if agencies really, truly, genuinely support our cause of wanting to come with a communication narrative that connects with the customers and create moments that matter. 
and if we can achieve this with our agency partners in a genuine way we, if we can bring them on board with our vision rather than just saying you know what help us create a tactic help us create a creative concept help us create some key messages help us create a e detail a website uh, make it modular make sure that we are tagging it it's so um, uh, impersonal isn't it mm-hmm. yeah. um i i i think uh, every every member in the agency group should also be onboarded with this vision and i really I, I, it's very tricky marnas and um, i have not i've not worked in an agency so i can't really talk from their mindset but i i sit in the other side of the table and work with them and i try every day to inspire the agencies that i work with uh, to bring them on board to with the with the thinking sometimes uh, i i believe in being a partner rather than giving them the brief and they giving me the brief back uh, saying that you know this is how we going to do this is how we going to do i like to keep it more uh, personal and practical um, mm-hmm. connected to our broader vision of success yeah you know yeah. um first of all i want to say i can't take the credit for the article the article was written by chris bartley and i just shared it and if you not read it please read it i think it's really cute the way he explains the whole analogy of the sandwich and i think one thing i would challenge is i think i think pharma is used to use their normal suppliers i mean to become a supplier to pharma companies you need to jump through loops so they go to the usual suppliers because they're already on procurement but if you go to the usual suppliers and usually big companies you're just going to get the same old same old i know some agency are so creative they're cutting edge and really like innovating but they don't get the opportunity to maybe have their pitch if they you know not on the procurement so i think pharma wants it the agencies to be big so they can scale things up but they also want it to be creative the big ones have the scale but they don't have the creativity the little ones have the creativity but they don't have the size appeal so i think my suggestion is maybe pharma needs to be more experimental maybe test with the innovators the small you know startups or smaller agencies that are coming up with novel creative off the wall ideas and just test see whether it works and maybe there need to be more collaboration between agencies that the big ones you know partner with the smaller ones to be able to scale it up because we're in it together we're all going to be patients one day we're all going to be at the receiving end of all the services so we need to fix this as a whole ecosystem rather than just thinking this is a problem and how we fix it so and i think my... another yeah go on and i think another reflection while you were speaking was um, about the we need to move more and more towards a multi agency model because it it really depends right so when i remember uh, my journey in the digital space almost 5 6 years back when we wanted to set up a content factory in novo right and 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 then we decoupled creative from production uh, and the reason why did it why we did this was not just anything related to cost savings of course that is a by product and a good by product of this whole exercise but the real reason why we uh, set up a content factory is because we wanted to own our data and insights on mm-hmm. what we do because i remember vividly 5 years back we didn't have any idea about what we are doing with whom we are doing and where is it landing are people even using it 
we we just didn't know and then we thought if we really have to create an omni channel customer engagement model at scale and create a sustainable model we need to really have transparency around these insights on how our content travels through the content supply chain so the content factory is rather setting up a world class content supply chain so we know at every step of the supply chain what the data looks like and then we can use those insights to optimize and you know organize ourselves in terms of the effort that we do in creating content so that is step 1 right and then i i think that was a that was a great success in in at least in nonorus where we tried to decouple this and it took a lot of effort mindset toolset and skill set sh- uh, shift to achieve this but then now um five cut to five years i'm thinking what can we do even better and then sitting in marketing i'm also thinking we should probably do another a little small decoupling um between between creative and tactics because i've come to understand that um when we talk about creative it's really the key messages the core narrative the concept all that is great use the agencies that, that can be truly creative because creative agencies are also expensive in the sense like because we are we are hiring creative brains to do it but when it comes to tactics the the question is do we need creativity or do you do we need the tactics to work in the platforms that we execute implementation is key exactly Experience so we do what what do we want to achieve what is the what is the end destination for your tactics right it's actually the platforms in which they sit and imagine we talked about it right you can have the best brains in the world we can have the best tools in the world but if you don't know how to use it it's as good as not having it and similarly you can have the best creative looking tactic in the world but if it doesn't work in our platform and if it doesn't achieve what it's supposed to achieve with your customers at that moment it's as good as not having that creative yeah. thing that creativity to use so um it's a bold step where we are trying to further decouple creative from tactics and we need to think and evolve into a multi agency model and play with our strengths i always believe in playing with your strengths uh, rather than trying to uh, uh, pose that you know you are the most uh, uh, you are the person who can do it all because i think we are humans we can't do it all so we need to re- really be practical here and i and again this is uh, i don't know if it's a future skill of a marketer but maybe a future mindset or a current mindset uh, in a marketer that i would like to see where they truly understand um, uh, that tactics are so critical and they are critical for it to work in the platforms and the ecosystem that we are built and again another layer is coming back to the sandwich example i'm the best sandwich maker in the world <laughs> maybe <Neighbor, laughs> but can your sandwich can your sandwich be consumed in our platform is what i would like to ask yeah. <laughs> right? i think uh, you, you cover so much ground you know tactical implementation is about implementation excellence and that's the skill set and the tool set coming to it and you're right if it's not going to be fit for purpose for the platform you've got it's not going to get used so i think the secret is experimenting with the concept with the ideas see what it actually works and if it works then scale it up if it doesn't just tweak it and make it work so yeah you know venita i can talk to you for hours <laughs> it's yes, been can, amazing, <laughs> amazing having you here and i'm sure our audience really enjoyed hearing your perspective i've had a couple of comments i don't know who it is because it says 
anonymized LinkedIn live user, but they love the conversation and love your uh, contribution. So thank you for that. Also thank wanted you. to say thank you for anybody who joined us today and shared your comments. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Rina for asking questions and adding to the conversations. Uh, if you watch this later, please continue chatting to us. We read your messages and the questions and respond to it. Um, as I said, I'm really passionate about the human element of digital transformations. Like uh, Vinita says, you can have the tools, you can have the processes, but without the enabled people, the tools will stay idle. And transformation is a journey. And depending on where you are or where your field teams are, you need to give them the right tool and the right training to get them moving forward. You know, our, our multi-award winning uh, platform, Kimia Reset, has helped MSL's sales team to go from feeling really uncomfortable and unfamiliar using digital channels and content to, um, you know, getting confident and those who've completed our six weeks course are booking more appointments, smashing their sales target, earning bonuses and progressing their careers because they are adding values to HCPs, because they're building trust. And I think for us, the next step in that journey is Kimia Readapt, is defining the seven habits that are effective for hybrid engagement uh, and giving pharma teams um, the, the ability to be able to create a competitive, tangible competitive advantage for themselves. So if you are a commercial leader, medical leader, or uh, working in pharmaceutical industry, and you really want to um, upskill your field team to adopt technology and digital content and address this gap, now we've got a new tool for you. It's called the Omni Advantage. Omni Advantage is a book, is a handbook for commercial leaders, medical leaders. Vinita, you've had a chance to preview the book and uh, read it. What's your thoughts? What's your parting message for our audience? Um, I think, uh, Marinas, I've shared with you, but I would also like to share here uh, that what I really liked in your book is you were very honest, um, quite brutally honest, I must say, in uh, calling spade a spade. And not everybody does that, right? Most likely you see a polished version of things, but I think I love your, I, I don't care, I'll call spade a spade attitude the most. And um, and you really touched a lot on the human element um, and you walked the talk on that, which I think um, I really enjoyed reading because it's been a while since I read. I, I like to uh, read books in uh, also bite-sized. So for me, uh, for me to complete reading your book was a was a feat. <laughs> that means it was it kept me engaging. Um, so in simple words, it was honest, engaging, um, and uh, it had all the human touch. It was straight from your heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Paul, if you're curious to know what the future field team capabilities should look like. Maybe read the chapter in the book where I talk about the 10 C's um, capabilities that we want to see in the field force. I just want to say thank you again, Vanita. Thank you to our audience. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here and can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug, Vanita. Take care. Uh -huh. Thank see you. you. Bye. Bye.